This, 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 this is mythical. Ear Biscuits is supported by Live Nation. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, yeah. Alanis Morissette, okay. Cage the Elephant. Why not? Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. That's livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. Welcome to Ear Biscuits, the podcast where two lifelong friends talk about life for a long time. I'm Rhett. And I'm Link. This week at the round table of dim lighting, it's my turn to uh, share more about my spiritual journey, it being the one year anniversary, or give or take, of each of us sharing about our spiritual journeys from, yeah, up up into being in our early 40s. Of course, I'm about, I'm about to hit mid 40s, yeah, man. Yeah, you are. I think when you hit 44, that's mid. Eh, let's just call it 45. But of course, I assume you listened to Rhett's last week. If you didn't, uh, I encourage you to do that. So last week, I again, I appreciate you opening up and processing how things are going for you. Uh, at the point of recording this, that one's not even out yet. So. I mean, I, I'm anticipating lots of response and conversations, so thanks for being a part of that using hashtag Ear Biscuits. Yeah, so now it's my turn to be on the hot seat. Uh, definitely feeling nerves associated with this because, I mean, un, like you said last week, unlike most podcasts, we put we put a lot more forethought into this, and like, I mean, this is a this is a a rewarding process. It's been. I mean, it's been challenging for me to pull together what I wanted to say. We've talked about it some. I've, you know, had conversations with Christy as well. And um, so, if you're, if 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 you want to go to some emotional places and explore uh, my spiritual journey as it stands over this past year, buckle up. But um, if you just want to hear me. Uh, talk about my cat, well, I'll just do that next week. <laughs> so you can just wait until next week. But if I'll warn you, if you're a cat lover, uh, you might not wanna listen to that one either. I don't know, I don't know, we'll see. Well, no, I'm, that's, I'm sure they will. But that one, you know, it'll get a little lighter, but I, we'll see, we'll see where this one goes. Well, I, and before you get started, you know, I think it's, um, you know, it's significant that we get sort of keyed up before we talk about these things. And mm -hmm. um, I think there's, we're not gonna really, we're not gonna spend any time really talking about that or exploring that. But I do think that uh, it is in the least or in part related to just how um, big of a part of our lives all of this stuff was and, and you know, and so, and how significant it was. And I think if you're, a Christian or a former Christian or somewhere in between, um, you can probably relate to that, this being the most important thing in your life. Uh, and so when you get really open and vulnerable vulnerable about it, uh, it can stir some some things in ways that talking about your cat might not. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't call it my cat, but okay, we'll wait until next week for that. But uh, yeah, I've 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 journaled down the things that I want to share, and uh, so let's let's just get into it. Um, like I said, a year ago or so, uh, I shared my story of spiritual deconstruction from an evangelical Christian to uh, a hopeful agnostic, is what is what I called it at the time. I don't I don't really refer to that label a lot, you know, I'd, uh, but that's, I, and I still think that applies. Um, and that story covered my entire life, you know, I, there were snapshots from uh, age 10 and on, right? But today I'm only covering the last year, so it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a different thing. Um, 
I mean, it's been a crazy year, and it's been a tough one for everybody on this planet, of course, to varying degrees, but uh, it's been a crazy year. And uh, over this past year, I was blindsided by a number of difficult challenges uh, that I would have, as an evangelical Christian, have labeled as test of faith. Um, meaning something happens in your life and your response to it reveals what you truly and deeply believe. Um, I, I, I didn't think of the things that I'm gonna share today in that way as they were happening, and I think that's, that's kind of part of what I wanna share and how I did process those things, but you know, in, in, in kind of a compare and contrast, I realized that's, that's how my former self would see the things I went through as test of faith. Um, um, to, to put it even more specifically, in the past, as a Christian, I shuddered at the thought of facing suffering, facing fear, and facing loss without the peace that accompanied a very specific belief about Jesus. Um, I think that's something that a lot of people can relate to. I know for for me, when you when you think about the potential of not having God in your life in the same way or not having that relationship with Jesus in the way that you that you that you did in the past, you you're, you're like even in transition, I know you talked to me a lot about this. Mm -hmm. As we were sort of transitioning, there was this fear of like, is something horrible going to happen and I won't be able to make it through? Because of, yeah, because I've always had this idea that you retreat into sort of you have refuge in the Lord, you know, and that, when you're going through those things, and that is what we that was our practice, and that was our experience, and yeah. that is where we found a source of strength in our relationships with Christ. Um, so, you know, having that be a defining aspect of any test I fa faced in my life, uh, yeah, it was I, I shuddered at the thought of that, that being gone. Uh, yet here I was over this past year facing suffering, facing fear, facing loss after having moved on from that faith. And I, that's a fear that keeps a lot of people from walking away, frankly. So, I, I just wanna share three experiences from this past year. Um, but before I do that, I, I just wanna go ahead and say that I, I'm in a really good place uh, right now spiritually. I, I don't look back on, on my former life as an evangelical and wish that I was still there. You know, if you, I think if you go back and listen to my story, there's, there's lots, lots of things that you know, that I appreciate and that I value from from that experience, um, it's, it's by no means all, all negative. And I've, you know, I already talked about that, but I, you know, as I go through these, these things, I just don't, you know, I just kinda wanna head off at the past that like, oh, I feel sorry for you and, you know, I, I don't wanna el elicit pity because that's not my point at all. I'm gonna be very honest about how I process these things and the emotional component and all of that, but I think it's um, the fact that you know I found a way forward that that alleviated those those fears that my former self had. Um, so yeah, I, I I don't look back and wish I was there. I'm happy, um, but I I I am also restless. I don't know if that's exactly the right word um, because I mean it in only a good way. Uh, but I'm restless in the sense that I'd like to th think that my spirit or whatever you want to call it within myself is staying open to where I'm headed, um, even though that ultimate destination is unknown to me. <laughs> uh, but I'm doing my best to be honest with myself and honest with those that love me and honest right now. Uh, with you listening, and I feel hopeful, and uh, I'm at peace with my direction. And today is another day on on that journey for me. And a big component of that is it being an active spiritual journey. 
that that I'm on. And I'm I'm grateful to be doing this this particular podcast to kind of put another um, another stake in the ground to say a year later this is this is how I'm processing it and this is this is where I'm at. But it's uh, I mean I'm sure this will get heavy, but it's uh, overall I, d- I just wanted to I, you know I want to bookend it with um, this message that is is a positive message for me that I'm in a good I'm in a good place and I'm glad you're saying that because you know I think that you know as you contrast the way that we approach these kinds of things right and the way that we approach our original stories and the way I'm sure we're going to approach the, the sort of the follow up mm-hmm. is um you kind of explore things through your personal experience and, and story and you're also the, you're a verbal processor yeah you're um you t- you're you also you know you aren't quite as sure yourself and that's i mean i don't i think that that is a that's a positive thing for you <laughs> ultimately i can be a little too confident and a little too sure in the things that i'm saying and a lot of times it'll just piss people off but sometimes when you're um being very vulnerable and honest about where you're at and the fact that you you know you you're just being honest in in your uncertainty I think a lot of people are sort of like, oh, poor Link, and that's not at all what you've meant no, to communicate. And right. so I'm, I'm glad you're saying that up front because I know you and I know where you're at spiritually and I know that it's not a place to be pitied. Absolutely not, that's exactly what I'm trying to get at. And yeah. I think that when you mention, you know, my style is, is you know, it's it's not as assertive and maybe when it comes to certain things, I don't assert confidence in certain things that I believe, especially when what you're, what I'm asserting is un, embracing uncertainty. Mm-hmm. But I also think that a, a little bit of that, well, I don't know how much of it, but there, a factor that kind of drives that in me is kind of reacting to, um, I just have a negative reaction to when people assert something that I just don't believe you can know with 100% certainty, it bothers me. Yeah. Um, so it's not my instinct to do that. You know, I, I share my experience, draw, draw your own conclusions. Or just, you know, another thing I'm learning is that you can, you can listen, you can truly listen to somebody, you can truly empathize with somebody, and it's not always about making a decision or a judgment about them. That that was that's something that I've that I realized that I I thought for some reason I thought I had to operate that way and well that's the that's that's the world that we come from when you're in right. a system when you encounter things you have to file them into your system and so we've kind of been trained for a lifetime of systematizing people into an ideology and we're trying really hard to not continue to do that. There's a way to be impacted by empathetically interacting with somebody that's not, that judgment doesn't have to be a component of it. And, um, you know, which brings me to the fact that like, a year later, I don't have any more answers than I had a year ago. (laughs) Uh, But I'll tell you, I do believe that my soul is richer because I've made some progress in knowing and loving myself more. That's um, through therapy, through introspection, through conversations. Um, and I'm beginning to experience how understanding and accepting myself has expanded my capacity to love other people. Hmm. That's where I felt like I've needed to focus a lot of my energy for the past year. Um, in terms of my spiritual journey. Um, and, you know, I I feel like for Christy and I as a couple, just to kind of talk about the two of us for, for a little bit, um, this, this journey is really stretching uh, us. And I mean, really good stretching is really not comfortable. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, Sometimes it hurts a little. It needs to. It needs to hurt in the right way, uh, so that ultimately it's it's strengthening. And definitely, this the experiences that that we're going through together, and um, and the spiritual components of that included, um, 
are strengthening our bond. So we're good on that front too. <laughs> uh, Christy really helped me figure out what I wanted to say today, and uh, you know, I was as I was kind of prepping it. You know, I, I texted her yesterday, and uh, I sent something to her, and I just also told her how much I love us. Uh, and she replied and said, I love us too. I want you to feel freedom and embrace the journey that you are on, heart emoji. And it, it meant so much, you know, to have her support and to say, be free, embrace what you're going through. You know, it's not, you're not a victim of something. You know, this is a journey to be embraced, to be celebrated and, uh, you know, but I, I'm just so grateful that that she can she loves me in that way, and that she can she sent she can send me that text. You know, um, I don't think I'd be able to share these things publicly right now uh, without her support. I I know I wouldn't. Uh, and uh, people also wonder about our kids in this process. So you know, I'd, I I want to talk about that just just a little bit too. Um, Honestly, I mean, there are times when the fear creeps back in that maybe we've done them a disservice by not raising them in the church. Uh, but I don't believe that um, because I see them. I know their hearts. Uh, I mean, while there may be things that they missed out on, um, there are many pitfalls they were spared, um, and you know, I, I I look at Lily, I look at Lincoln, I look at Lando, and I I know them. That uh, you know, they're wholehearted, wonderful humans, <laughs> and I admire them so much for who they are, and um, I'm I'm proud of them, and uh, I don't I don't regret the. I don't regret the the trajectory of our lives and you know how how we parented them and uh, uh, I I st I stand by it overall you know I'm 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 very flawed and but I think it's important that that they could articulate those flaws well <laughs> you I, know I think one of the things that both of us have encountered post deconstruction as a dad is um, within the church, within the evangel evangelical church, there is an expectation that the dad, the father is the spiritual leader of the household. Yeah. It's based on a lot of things, mostly just patriarchy, but, um, and there's an expectation that not only would the dad be a leader, but the dad has the answers, right? right? And, the dad sets the tone, sets the pace, he leads his family. And I mean, as and he's a, held and he's held accountable to that. So well, but also as a Christian man, as a Christian dad, there's this uh, expectation that you'll have the answers and that there's very few things that you won't have answers to and there is a playbook for everything that your kids or your wife might encounter. So first of all, a lot of pressure, uh, but I think, in my case, there was a lot of sort of just playing along with that, being like, I don't really have the answers to this, <laughs> but I can point you to an answer that we sort of collectively as a community come up with. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the biggest things as a father is when there is true uncertainty, there are, tr there are situations that do not have an answer, and being able to say, I don't know. I don't know if there's a if there's a satisfactory answer to this question that you have. I don't know if there's a satisfactory solution to this situation, um, but we can figure it out together. And and that's and if you've had something, if you've had a system, and you no longer have the system, you can feel that fear that you're talking about. It's like, man, they're going through this right now. And if I just, I'm not sure it's the right answer, but it is an answer that I could be getting from my former belief system. And now I'm just saying, I don't know. And you feel a little bit, you feel like a, a failure a little bit. Yeah, I mean, Lily's turning 18, she's leaving the house, go off to college, and you know, 
be an adult. <laughs> uh, but and you know everything I said a few seconds ago still stands. But you know I I have noticed that there's times when I would not. I think I would I would opt to not say something because it would be you know I would. The instinct is in the lack of an answer. It's it's hard to make something a teachable moment when the when what you're when what you're conveying is embracing uncertainty and the, the truth of that. And it's uh, you know I I I think some things will come true as I can come clear as I continue talking Hopefully about come true too come true <laughs> <laughs> as I you know clear will come clear about you know what I continue to wrestle with from my past and how it impacts m my point of view uh, on myself and my relationships with and Christy and the kids and other pe uh, other people but um you know I, I I'm trying I'm trying to take a more active effort to have conversation open ended conversations where these topics are not taboo just because you don't have an answer doesn't make it taboo it doesn't make it something to be ashamed of you know it's like this is this is real and let's not let's not be afraid to uh, talk about it openly mm -hmm. as a family. Um, so, I mean, what? Just to complete that point, when I when I look at my relationship with myself, when my relationship with Christy, and with our kids, I'm just I, I am so grateful for what we have, and I'm relieved, <laughs> honestly, because, like we said, there was a time. For most of my life, in fact, um, when I firmly believed that those relationships could not flourish and weather life storms apart from Jesus. Um, so, you know, I'm it, with, with all that we shared last year, and it, I, I, I still struggle with giving myself permission. Um, to outright say this, but uh, if there is no God, I'm okay with that. Uh, in fact, I'm even good with that. that. I'm not saying I prefer that, but I'm saying I'm even good with it. I, I have accepted that as a real possibility and I, I think I'm at peace with it. Uh, maybe there's a loving God and I'm open and hopeful that there is, but. I'm also good if I never find out uh, um, because there's just no guarantee that I will find out. Um, in the meantime, part of my spiritual practice is processing and shedding the guilt and baggage of judgment that I've carried for the majority of my life. Um, maybe my point of view on these things that I've stated you know, maybe they sound like harsh statements. I think about, you know, people who love me, who would hear me say those things, and I'm like, well, maybe, maybe I could have taken the edge off of that. And maybe, maybe my perspective will change over time. But um, that's where I'm at, and I don't want to be embarrassed or or ashamed of it. Or like I said, I want to shed shed the guilt and baggage of judgment that comes along with me saying that out loud to. Who knows how many people? Um, I, I mean, that's just a big part of my personal work right now because, I mean, at 42, I hopefully have even more life to live than I've already lived. Well, so at least 84. Yeah, I'm aiming for 85. <laughs> well, that would—I mean, I don't know. Would that, I, I, that would be a lot more currently beyond the average life expectancy of an American male? Keep that to yourself. But I have to believe that that'll keep. I, I think it's actually reversed recently. <laughs> and living in California and breathing in all this smog, you're probably not doing yourself any. I'm just saying, oh, you'd be lucky to get to 84. Well, okay, given it that it seems that half of my life is over, I'm gonna live the life that I have uh, and I wanna embrace it wholeheartedly. I, you know, I wanna move forward embracing the now that I have been gifted. Yeah. Um, and I can say that I've been gifted, even though I don't know if there's even if there's a giver, but I hope there is. <laughs> uh, so, I, I I'm ready to share uh, some of my experiences, uh, three of them over the past year, that have helped define what my spiritual journey looks like. Um, 
up to this point. Ear Biscuits is supported by Superfeet. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain? Well, guess what? Your feet don't have to hurt. When you add the signature orthotic shape of Superfeet insoles to your shoes, you give your feet comfort and support where they need it most, helping redistribute forces to reduce stress and strain on your entire body, not just your feet. Superfeet insoles are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. Since 1977, Superfeet has helped millions of people worldwide experience the life-changing magic of comfy, pain-free feet. Superfeet insoles upgrade the fit, feel, and function of your footwear to help you feel your best. The signature orthotic shape of Superfeet gives your feet the right type of support where you need it most. Physicians not only recommend Superfeet to their patients, they wear Superfeet insoles in their own shoes. Superfeet is the number one doctor worn and recommended insole. Superfeet has thousands of five-star reviews and is the insole of choice for top athletes on the field, on the ice, and on the slopes, and everywhere in between. Superfeet has a wide range of insoles for every activity, every shoe, and every foot. From cushioned and flexible to firm and supportive, you can dial in your fit by taking their quick online quiz. We took the quiz, we've got our, mm -hmm. our insoles coming, they're on their way. You just answer a few short questions and Superfeet will recommend the best insole choice for you. Visit superfeet.com and enter the promo code EAR at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. Like I said, you, you know, I. For me to say it's been a difficult year, I, you know, I, I can keep acknowledging how, how people have it more difficult or how it's been a difficult year for so many people, but you know, just, uh, um, it has been a long and difficult year. Uh, and th there was, a, there was a, a pretty lengthy buildup to uh, my nanny passing away. You know, I mentioned that as one of like my most meaningful moments of last year. Um, of course, that's my mom's mom, and um, she had a sense that her life was winding down. Uh, so I was the one to help her get her will in order, and it's, it wasn't just one conversation. Or, you know, it's like the whole process, including getting her to a lawyer and talking to the, uh, everything. All everything that went along with it. It's just a number of months, you know, and it's uh, it's all happening over the phone and. You know, it's, you know, she, she loved me her whole life, uh, and in the end, I, did, I just couldn't be there to just hug her. Uh, and, you know, it's so much of our communication was just about, you know, me helping her find peace with this outlying thing associated with her will, which, I, I you know, I was very glad to do, but it's, you know, it's, it's, I felt frustrated and I felt helpless and I felt sad, you know, it's just, uh, you, you find yourself, it, it's different when you're just having a phone call and you find yourself having, it's like, oh, this is, this is the last phone call, hmm. you know? I'm, I'm saying something, you know, to her that is different because you're not there. Um, and, um, and then you're not there for the family afterward. It, I mean, it's, it's, it was, it was tough, you know? Uh, and, you know, of course I wanted to hope that she was in heaven. Uh, all of me believes there is no hell, uh, but a big part of me believes that there might not be a heaven either. We just cease to exist. Um, but I mean that, you know, it, okay, th that's, that's what I, that's, I hold that thought, I hold that belief in my mind, but it gets difficult to wrestle with when you've got one more loved one on the other side, mm -hmm. right? Um, but, it didn't change the conclusions I've already come to. You know, it's, I, 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 I think of a, a fear of death and you know a desire for eternal life for my loved ones and myself is you know is is very appealing, but it's not you know I that's not the foundation for what I believe. It's a it's a it's 
it's like a it's like a benefit I felt like um so so it I don't know although it, it might be the foundation for religion in general hmm. just it, it didn't but I it, it just didn't change my conclusions I didn't find myself as I was as I was hurting and I was wrestling with that or I was you know I was writing her eulogy to give to somebody else to read you know it was uh, all of those feelings, uh, it, 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 it didn't lead to doubt. Honestly, it was just, of co- you know, of course she's gonna die. Of course we are, we're all gonna die. It's just you know, it's, um, it was it was kind of this. I have these conclusions and I have this pain and I'm aware that these things will happen. <laughs> uh, so it's it, I'm left with I don't know. You know, do I know can I assert where she is? Can I can I give that comfort? Can I comfort myself or my loved ones in that way? I I don't know. Who who really does? <laughs> um so I celebrated her life as much as I could and I talked to my family and processed it as much as I, I could, and I tried to embrace the grief to make it as real as possible without being there. And except um, something we all know that death is a part of life, and that this is a a part of my spiritual exercise. Um, I couldn't have predicted beforehand that that's how I would have interacted with all of it. Uh, and you know there'll be another way when I eventually do get to go home and you know help get everything in order that's still around at the house and stuff, I'm sure there'll be another wave of this, but. Um, well the fact is is that you, again, whatever you can say in a eulogy about your grandmother that doesn't come from a place rooted in Christian faith um, is not going to be as emotionally satisfying. Uncertainty is not as emotionally satisfying as this certain hope that where you can tell everybody there, hey, she's in a better place. Like, let's just be honest, that is the easiest thing to say, right? That is the easiest, most comforting thing to say to a group of grieving people is that this person's in a better place. I do think that there, and you know, I'm I'm still thinking a lot about this. There's, uh, in terms of you know my relationship with death, and I do think that there is. I, I do have hope that there's more. There is more. There's a way to embrace it, and not shy away from it. That to find beauty in it that is different. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not something that. I'm at a place to present, but it's something that I guess maybe ironically I'm hopeful about. Well, I don't think culturally or as a species we're there yet, honestly, right? Culturally as meaning that the cultural convention of a of a of a faith-based funeral is still the standard oh, oh. even for people who aren't really faith-based in a lot of ways, right? It's another another conversation. Ear Biscuits is supported by the farmer's dog. Dogs will eat basically anything you put in front of them. And if you're Barbara, you will like <laughs> seek it out off of tables, counters. That that woman is crazy, <laughs> uh, that woman being my dog. Uh, so it's important to be putting the right kind of food in their bowls. Right, and when you care about your dogs as much as we care about ours, you know, a thoughtful approach to what goes in those bowls Makes sense. Yes, the farmer's dog is real, fresh, healthy food with whole meat and veggies gently cooked in human grade kitchens to preserve their nutritional value. Just tell them about your dog and they'll deliver personalized vet developed recipes for as little as $2 a day. The meals arrive pre-portioned and in ready to serve packs delivered on your schedule. Millions of meals have been ordered across the country. We've been partnering with the Farmer's Dog for a few years now and they really are as good as they say. It really has never been easier to invest in your dog's health with fresh food. Get 50% off your first box of fresh healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash ear. I guess to 
to move on to another experience. I, I alluded to this as well at the end of the year, but Christy and I walked through a really difficult time together over many months uh, this past year. And um, anxiety is not someone's fault. Uh, and it affects more than just the one who's directly experiencing it. Um, uh, it, was, it was a tough stretch, pun intended. Um, uh, there were many sleepless nights and uh, there was a lot of fear. Um, uh, there were times when I felt completely disoriented and uh, again, powerless and uh, scared. I mean, you know, uh, because you and Jesse were, were there for us. Um, as well as some other close friends. Um, but th throughout all of it, uh, I didn't really ever think about praying. Hmm. Now, as an aside, um, I just wanna acknowledge that even now as I say that, it, it, you know, it, I think it comes out like a confession. You know, it's like, I didn't even think about praying. And I'm not saying that I wish I did. I'm, I'm making an observation and I wanna unpack it, but like for a second, I'm unpacking my emotions associated with even saying it and the fact that it comes across as a confession. Um, it, I feel ashamed. Uh, I, I feel shame. It just, it just wells up from inside of me. Uh, uh, it, making that statement, it, I, like, it, I feel the feelings of failure or being a bad person. Uh, but here's what I believe about that. I believe that that is my inner critic talking, a version of my former self, and he is not being fair or kind or correct. Um, if I don't believe in the power of prayer, why should I feel guilty about not praying? Uh, and so I, you know, I process that and I say, come on, just come on, Link, just be free. Be free of this. And um, I mean, if it were only that easy, if it was like encanting some sort of, uh, you know, a spell or like, a, a, a something to release a spell, maybe is a better analogy. But I mean, you know this, we talk about it, sometimes we, we joke about it, which I think is healthy, but I feel guilty a lot. Um, mm -hmm. It's not really re related, I mean, in, in this instance, it's not related to like specific like nitpicky things like, oh, I'm I'm guilty because I did that like this like, an OCD fixation on individual actions. Uh, you know, it's more, I think my guilt comes from this place of like a lingering cloud of, of guilt that shows up, hangs around, and is associated with the overall idea of me leaving my faith. It's the, it's the pity of my previous self feeling sorry for me and also judging the, the now me, um, hmm. but I'm learning that I don't have to listen to that voice. So I can say, you know what? Christy and I walked through an extremely challenging period of time um, and it, you know, it, it, I didn't pray. It wasn't, and it wasn't this stubborn, well, I, you know, I've, I've said what I believe and now I gotta believe it and I'm not gonna pray. You know, there was no internal dialogue about that. I just, I just. You weren't tempted, you weren't even tempted I wasn't, to. I, I wasn't wrestling with reverse doubt or like, I, I didn't, you know, like cover my bases. Like, I was at my wit's end. I mean, we were having conversations that like, I would hear what I was saying to you and it was just, I didn't know what I meant. You know, I, I haven't observed, I haven't been in that situation before. I don't know that, I mean, you tell me, have you ever seen me or Christy at a place where it was like, I don't know, 
and it seems like a different person, like at kind of a loss. You were incapacitated. Right. Yeah. And you know, I think that is a moment where, you know, it, cinematically speaking, where the character would drop to their knees and say, oh God, I'm sorry that I, that I've, I forsook you, please, you know, like a moment of repentance or something, or just a moment of, of desperate prayer, you know, like, you know, you have the, the cinematic bargaining with God, you know. Well, and I and, and I think that's because that's the nar- that's the narrative that we that we believe, and I think uh, yeah, I think it's I thought a, it'll cu- you'll hit rock bottom, and I think it's what then, a lot of people have said about us. It's just like okay, well, those boys are riding high right now, but you know, the moment that the bottom drops out from one of them, some tragedy happens. It's like that's the moment that they'll they'll turn around and, and, and come back to God. And are you and I, I just don't I don't want to skip over the inner voice thing because okay. I, if you're yeah if you're I th- not going to come back to it because it, because I think that's really significant for so many people the former voice mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and especially as somebody who struggles with I don't necessarily I struggle with a lot of shame I'm the king of shame but guilt is not so much my thing uh, but for somebody who has who struggles with guilt being a part of a religious system especially. Uh, in our experience, evangelical Christianity, it's like steroids for the guilty, right? Uh, it's it's high octane, and and I, of course, I understand that. Like, I remember being an evangelical and saying that, like, listen, no, we're all about grace. It's the Catholics or the Jews; they're the ones who are all about works, and they're the ones who are guilt ridden. But we live in the freedom that comes with a grace based relationship with Christ, and it's like it's a fun thing to say. But in reality, there's still so much pressure and there's still so much expectation. My wife is an expert at talking about this, about what it's like to be somebody with OCD in the midst of a religious system. Um, But one of the things that, so I also do the same thing. I have that former self who's constantly judging me. Yeah, I think it's one of the reasons that I can talk about these things in a way that connects with people who are still in the church because I, have a really, really strong connection with my former self. But the change in relationship, and this is something that has come with come through therapy, my therapist has helped me see this, is that what you're talking about is looking at that former self and saying that former self is wrong, that former self um, is, is being judgmental, that former self is not being kind, and I don't have to listen to that former self. I think one additional step that has been really helpful for me is having Sympathy. Yes. Well, I would for say having empathy for I would say empathy. that. Having empathy for that former self. Well, yeah, and absolutely. And so I'm I'm glad you you teed that up because that that is something that I'm that I'm working on. It's like okay, I know that this um this inner critic, this inner voice, this former self is is harsh, but I don't I can I don't have to respond that way because I can also see that. There's um, uh, his his motive is to protect me. It's a, it's a part of myself, mm-hmm. uh, yes, from my past, but it's a part of it's still a part of who I am that's trying to protect me from something. But it's like, okay, you know what? I appreciate what what you're trying to do here, and I I, I know you're just trying to help me and, and protect me. And you know, there is work for me to say, okay, protect me from what, and let's get into those specifics, but. To have an empathetic response that's like, but you know what? Thank you, but I don't. I don't have to take action on this, and you are not all of me. Hmm. Um, so, so yeah, that is something that uh, in therapy I'm 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 seeing. I I uh, and I might hit on it a little bit more with this with this third experience. But yeah, you're 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 exactly right, and I'm glad you brought that up. Apartments.com has more rental listings than anywhere else. So finding the perfect place is easier than ever and so is finally moving in together, just the two of you. It's a big step, lots of new responsibilities, lots of adjustments. Most likely they'll wake you up at odd hours to go to the bathroom. And you'll most definitely find yourself in trouble coming home late for dinner. They may even unroll all your toilet paper next time. It's just what happens when you two find a new place together but you're not doing it because you feel like it. No, you're doing it because you love them, because 
their family. And that's why Apartments.com has more pet-friendly rental listings on the internet. Did you know that's what we were talking about? Yes. Pets. So that you and your furry family can find the perfect new place together. Apartments.com, the place to find a pet-friendly place. So just to get back to the trial, or however you wanna put it, like what Christy and I went through, and I mean, I, I don't wanna, I, I'm not gonna share all the details of it at this point. I think you know a lot of that's her story to tell and it's, it's or maybe our story to tell together at some point, who knows. But for now, you know, I'll just say that it was, it was, um, Christy was dealing with a debilitating level of anxiety, uh, you know, with, with all the circumstances that are happening, like a, a certain level of health anxiety that then just became, uh, yeah, it it just became debilitating, and there were panic attacks, and there was, you know, there was. Uh, it's not as simple as googling how to deal with a panic attack or how to how to how to deal with health anxiety. You know, it's like you find yourself in in a place where it's okay. The, the natural tendency is a downward spiral here. That then we've got to we've got to start find the right people to talk to and the right things to do to put um, to to back back out of this. Or to to walk really, I would say to walk through it yeah. to a to a healthier place. Um, but as far as it relates to my spiritual journey, just kind of processing how I did respond to it. Um, yeah, I, I I didn't pray to or curse God. Um, I just I I mean. I just responded practically. You know, I did everything that I could. I just, I mean, when I look back on it, I I would say that I met the situation with love. Uh, I felt as if I was acting on instinct at the time, and um, but I realize now that it was. I mean, it was simply love. Uh, uh, I love Christy with everything that I've got, and um, and it was. It was then that I, I mean, I really knew it at those points, you know? Uh, and we leaned on friends and professionals to help us, and they did, and we got through it. Um, and I mean, it's not, there are residual effects, and there's there's some long-term things that, that we deal with associated with it and we, that we're more ready for now, but, uh, when the worst of it was behind us, I was extremely grateful. <laughs> um, but I didn't thank God per se. Um, I didn't take credit. I, you know, I'm, and I'll quiet that voice that tells me that I should feel guilty for, for not giving God the glory, so to speak. Uh, I mean. Maybe somebody would would listen to our description of that inner voice and say that that's God or that's the Holy Spirit, and you know. But I don't, I don't know. But I do not think so. <laughs> you know, it's uh, because of the the outcome of 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 what that voice is telling me. The application of it. It's just not. That's not it. <laughs> well, and. As someone who is also married to someone who has had a lifelong struggle with anxiety, and a, and a struggle with anxiety that um, has been debilitating at times, and has happened inside the church, and you know, with with great faith, and then outside of the church with no faith in that system, um, there is a in my experience. There is a tendency to, because you have the ability to pray, and because you do have the ability to, at when you're at your wit's end, to sort of give it over to the Lord, to invite God into it. Um, sometimes that leads to excluding or bypassing the practical steps that would actually be helpful. Yeah, we had to drill in very deeply and specifically with with professionals involved. 
Well, and I think with therapists and psychiatrists and things that you know, there's no there's no embarrassment associated with saying that. And in the same way that if you had a physical condition, if you had, you know, that you would you would drill in medically and you would do everything you could and you would just people, resort. There are people within the church to, and, and to it only a spiritual exercise. There are people within like the prayer. church and 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 we weren't we don't come from a tradition that is like anti science and anti. Uh, I mean, a little anti-science, but not like anti-doctor necessarily. I mean, it's kind of becoming more anti-doctor with COVID and everything. But um, there is this, there is a little bit of a, mm, oh, you, you, you didn't, God didn't do this for you. You kind of had to go to the world to get your problem solved. And there's some people, depending on what tradition they're in, that are that live in debilitating mental illness. Yes, because they cannot. Specifically, get mental, out of the system, especially mental illness, because um, because the, those type of things are the unseen problems and challenges are the ones that can be easily written off with a prayer or a proverb or you know some teaching. And I, I you know, having having benefited from therapist and psychiatrist and psychological uh, treatment, it, it's just not the, you know, it, it, it doesn't pinpoint the, the specific problems, <laughs> you know? I, I think that it requires a professional to do that. It's not just something that you can apply just to general platitudes. Well, to. and I'll admit something that this probably get me in trouble, but I'm used to it. Um, now, when we seek treatment from professionals, whether they be therapists, psychologists, psychiatrists, either for ourselves or for other people that we know who are going through things, um, I actually, at this point in my life, I try to steer away from people who have a faith-based approach or who, who, who really bring a Christian worldview into their treatment. Be again, because my experience is that it's like filling in the gap with something that isn't actually going to be helpful. Um, it's like, let's, like, let's set that aside. Let, let's set that uncertain, I don't know if praying does anything, giving it to God may do nothing. Let's take the practical, tested approach to this problem uh, so we can actually solve it. And again, I'm not saying that having a Christian worldview is a bad thing. I'm just saying when somebody is, if I've got a, a, a cancer doctor who's 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 working on me, I don't want that doctor to say, you know what, I'm doing this operation on you, but I'm really praying that it goes well, or I just, or do I just want him to say, I'm going to do it well, and I, it's all on me to do it well. I, again, I mean, I, well, I don't. Yeah, I'm sure that there's pastors who, if people come to them from their congregation with problems, they'll say, with this particular challenge that you're sharing with me, you need to see a psychiatrist, a psychologist, a therapist, you know, but that wasn't our experience when we were growing up and you wouldn't even, even if you had to go to one of those places, you would just use, you would say, I went to counseling. You would use a code word and it would be stigmatized. And there's like it would a lot be, of prayer-based counseling and that kind of thing that, yeah, that, that, that that's acceptable. You can do that, but if it's just the practical scientific stuff, then I don't know about that. That's kind of the attitude that 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 we had. Um, so the I'll move to the third and final experience that uh, I wanted to share today, and that's um, and there's yeah the the details of this are 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 not my story to tell. So you know, forgive me for. Well, don't forgive me. Just un I know you understand that the way that I'm I'm telling this and the details I'm putting in and leaving out. But um, my mom is currently facing what may be the most difficult trial of her entire life. Uh, every day, all year long, for years now. Um, and again, we have the COVID of, of it all. Uh, I'm. I'm her only child. I don't know if 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 you could tell I was an only child. Uh, no comment. And yeah, 
and I've not been able to be with her. Um, and I try my best to get better at talking on the phone and to understand her situation and assess what needs to be done and to help her and, uh, but I'm stuck on the opposite coast because of the pandemic and so I, you know, I worry about her and um, again, it's that, that feeling of helplessness and um, you know, I, I feel bad for going weeks in between talking to her and, uh, but when I do talk to her, she's always happy to hear my voice uh, and she doesn't wanna dump her problems on me, but what else is there to talk about because this has become her entire life, you know? So so we talk about how she's doing and um, I try to really hear her and offer encouragement and help think through things. Um, and it's, it's, it's become, you know, you know like I, I just realized how difficult and the toll this was also taking on me, you know? Uh, and we were we were on the phone recently and uh, she relayed a conversation that she had had with someone else and um, uh, I, I'm not gonna tell you the story because the story uh, was meant for me. Um, and you know what, when she told me the conversation she had, uh, she didn't build it up or maybe she didn't even realize the poignancy of it. Uh, but again, I'm not sure, I don't wanna share her situation, but what she shared was, it was heartbreaking and it was honest and it was uh, beautiful and it was tragic and it was inspiring. Uh, and it stopped me dead in my tracks. Um, and in in this moment I realized um, not only was I being there for my mom, but even with all that she was going through, she was also still being there for me. Um, and the specifics of her her story um and what she was what she went through and was telling me about it painted this perfect picture of love um and she showed me a type of love to aspire to uh and i you know i've i've thought a lot about it since then and i i've realized um that this is my spiritual practice. Uh, love will be my guide. Uh, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna make up my mind to be introspective, uh, to not miss moments like that as much as I can, and uh, I, I, I will not tear myself apart from the inside. Uh, I will love myself and I will love others as much as I can and I will live the life that I have. And that's my spiritual practice. At a point when, and so it, it I don't know, I, you know, I don't know how people will process that as glib or elegant or, you know, <laughs> whatever. But for me, you know, it's when you boil something down to, to, to something like that, it's there's so much that I just can't convey that it actually means to me in terms of, uh, I think part of it is validating that I still have a spiritual, I'm still on a spiritual journey. I, you know, it's not, I'm not defined by what I'm not anymore. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm alive. I'm, you know, I've got, and I've got this moment we're sharing this moment and there's so much there's so much beauty that that we can enjoy and appreciate or we can miss and the, and I'm sure that includes 
everything that I've talked about. Like I didn't talk about these things to pull at heartstrings and just to, to prove anything. It was these things are going to happen. Who am, I'm not, you know, tragedy, suffering, loss, death. These are not things that I want to uh, try my best to avoid. You know, who, who am I to expect for these things not to happen to me and people that I love? Things happen and giving my, giving myself permission to say, you know what, this is my, this is, this is not only my life, but this is my spiritual practice and I'm good with it. I'm, I, I have a, I have a level of peace at this point and I have, and I'm moving forward, hopefully. Well, and it, love being your guide as, you know, 60s peace and love as it sounds, um, it is actually very practical and actually a lot more informative than I would have ever thought. You know, because I I, I, I I just, yeah, totally cause, on the cause same I page. thought it couldn't be enough. It's like, yeah, you, I mean, you say it can be enough, but. To, to, to navigate a situation um, a life situation that ha is, is a very specific challenge, kind of like the ones that you've shared here. Um, there is sort of the the Christian way to do those things, right? Um, I would argue that in many ways, the Christian way is a way of love, right? You will nav you will navigate it in a way of love. You can there's you know it's not a super simple thing. There's plenty of places where everyone within the church and outside of the church fails in that. But only what I'm saying is that going into a complex life situation where you don't have the rule book, the literal rule book of the Bible to guide you and saying, I'm gonna let love guide me through this. I think it's actually really, really effective and informative than I would have ever imagined it being. That's what, and I'm saying that's what, that's what I, that's what I'm taking from these experiences. Yeah. I mean, that, that's my takeaway, is that like, it just, you know, we, I'm still here. This is not about me. <laughs> um. I mean, we we normally end in your biscuit with a recommendation. I'm, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not, uh, I'm gonna instead of telling you something to buy or watch this 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 week. You know, I just wanted to acknowledge that um, another thing that's very clear to me, and as I look back on these experiences, that I could not have made it through any of those without the the support of people who loved me, my friends, my family. Um. Uh, and so, I mean, maybe it's as a result of a spiritual struggle, maybe it's a result of some other struggle, but if, you know, I just wanna encourage you, if you need help, find someone you trust, someone who loves you no matter what, and if it feels like a risk, take the risk and ask for help. Um, I know that it really needs to be somebody that that you trust who, who loves you no matter what. And uh, we were talking about like, do we have a specific, I wish we had a resource that would connect everybody with somebody who loves them unconditionally. And I think that's just, that's how I feel about it. But and we will, that's we the will extent do, of my recommendation. We will do some research on that. What, what I'll add to that is that I know that there are people listening who are still in the church or a religious system of, of some kind and um, not all, listen, again, the point of, of what, we, what we are telling our stories is not to move people out of the, of the church. Um, but there are some people in a situation and you know that it is unhealthy and you know that you shouldn't be there but you're alone. And you know that if you go talk to anybody in your family, 
anybody who's a, who's a close friend, they're all in this. They're all in it. Yeah. And you know the kind of answers you're going to get, and you feel you feel stuck. You feel alone. Uh, that is a that's you know me and Link. We had each other. Mm-hmm. We had our wives. We had close friends. We actually had you know had close Christian friends who were not judgmental and we can process and we could talk openly about these things as we processed all of it. You may not have that, um, but so first of all, just our hearts go out to you because we know that there are people in that situation. What we can say is that there is somebody out there. There is somebody out there that you can connect with, that you can confide in. Um, and Don't give up yeah, looking. Don't, don't give up the search. Don't give up the search and don't settle for being in a place that you know is ultimately unhealthy for you. Thanks for listening. Um, I'm so grateful that we have this open-hearted community of of support and uh, um, lots of love right back at you. Hashtag your biscuits. Let's keep talking.